Praise God for that. Let's uh, join me as we pray. Join me as we pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for the things we've heard so far, the way you've encouraged souls. You're a very good Father. And you ask us, Lord, to come before you in humility, to pour out our hearts and to cast our cares upon you. Thank you for the way you strengthen lives. I thank you for the way you restore lives. We thank you, Lord God, for being a very present help in time of trouble. We thank you that we can trust you. Lord, we pray that you continue to work amongst us this morning as we listen to what your word says. Uh, Strengthen our brothers and sisters amongst us for those who can't be with us. And in all things, Father, we may continue to learn to honour and glorify you. So, Father, bless this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, It's a beautiful song. I don't know if those who are working the screens can bring up the ocean song. I think um, it's the last slide of the ocean song. Um, It's a beautiful song that we just listened to, to how sweet it is to uh, to trust in Jesus. And uh, the understanding of what it means to go through things in life and to know that uh, we don't go through those things alone. Uh, it's quite, a, quite a, a privilege. It's more than a privilege. It's, uh, our, it's a blessing to understand what God is actually uh, doing in our lives. I think, it's the, I think it's the slide before, perhaps. Spirit, lead me where my trust is our borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Now, I, just, I brought this up because I, uh, I think it's good for us to know the things we're, we're singing. It's actually really, really significant to understand the things we're singing as a church because we're singing to a God who hears us and we're praying. And These are, these are songs are often songs of prayer. They're prayers as we're singing. And uh, we're saying to God, God, uh, take me deeper. Wow. Take me deeper to my, than my feet could ever wander. I mean... I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't naturally want to go to that place. I don't, want to, I don't naturally want to go to a place where I'm going deeper, to a place I can't wander, like a place that, I, that is going to feel vulnerable and insecure and places where I need to call out and depend on him more. You know? Often we're trying to get ourselves from those things. Often we're trying to risk protect ourselves from those things, you know, things that are going to make life harder for us or, or challenge us or confront us more and more. But the prayer is, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith, is going to be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And so we understand a God who takes us through things sometimes that are far, or they feel far deeper than the places that we can, we can walk. And yet God is knowing that in those times he's strengthening a faith that he's making it stronger than anything and like Mount Zion that can't be moved. And, and I think when we sing these songs, we, it's good for us to understand that we are singing a song of faith. This is a song of faith. You know, take me to a place that's deeper. And I pray this morning as you listen to God's word, uh, whether you've heard God's word before or not, that this morning you're open your hearts to the things that God wants to tell you because I believe what he wants from all of us is to go to a place that is deeper, a place that is uh, grounded only in him and, and relying solely on him. That's a beautiful place to be. And so this morning as we listen to God's word, I want you to re- reflect on that and to hear what God is actually saying uh, through his word to us all. We're all, in, we're all desiring, if you're here this morning, I, I presume it's because you're desiring to know a little bit more about the things of the Lord. You want to know more about his word. 
And there are people among us in our church who are doing different things. We've got, we got our young people um, going overseas soon to do some work amongst the mission fields. We've got people locally that are doing things for the things of the Lord. But every single one of us that has become a Christian is called to a purpose that God is desiring from them. And it's encouraging to see people do things for God. It's encouraging to see people active for the things of the Lord. And so God tells us something about this. God wants us to be people who are driven, not by external things, but driven by those things that are happening internally, the things that God is driving in us. He's working in us. Christians aren't driven by the fact that they're going to do something and people are going to acknowledge them. Christians are driven by the fact that God has called them. He's called them. It's driven by something far deeper to a purpose that is far deeper, for a purpose that's going to last forever. And when we capture this, we understand that we're not driven by what people think around us, we're driven by what God wants from us. So when we hear of our young people raising money for open doors or people going overseas into the mission fields, you think, wow, what's driving them? Isn't it beautiful to see young people driven by something deep within that loves God? That's not just them, that's all of us. We can continue to pray for them. We continue to pray for each other. But we do these things because it's the calling of Jesus on every single person that's put their hand to the plow. So I want to read this morning together from Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, a passage that Jesus um, tells us about uh, when it comes to uh, what it means to uh, consider the very cost that he's called us to in following him and doing the things that he wants from us. What I love about Jesus was that he was very, very... Uh, one of the things I love about him is a very, very honest man. He was very honest with his people. He didn't sort of hide things from his people. He didn't sort of say, oh, how can I somehow uh, gloss over things and make things look good? And then, and then when, I've, when I've got them, I'll, I'll tell them really what they need to know. You know, he wasn't sort of someone like a salesperson. You know, like I'll, gloss, I'll make things look pretty and then eventually I'll hit them with the, the real, the hard stuff, what it's going to cost, you know. What I love about Jesus is that he just told people what it was. He just told it as it is. And he basically said, this is what it is. You know, if you want to follow me, if you want eternal life, if you want to walk in my footsteps, this is what it is. And if you're interested and it's working in your heart and this is your desire, come and follow me. I, th- I thank him for that. I thank Jesus for that, that he actually is very, very honest with us and at the same time very, very compassionate in how he goes about strengthening us and helping us to do the things that, he needs, that we need to do. So in this passage here, he talks, he talks about us as disciples of him building a tower. He makes reference to building a tower. And every disciple is called to build a tower. Not their own tower, not their own kingdom, not their own way, but something that God started building centuries ago. And we are called to do the same thing. And what God's particularly interested in is not necessarily how the tower is looking and how glorious it can look, because God can do that. God can take care of the external things. What he's particularly interested in is what's driving his people to build this tower, how it's happening from within to build this tower, because that's what he's particularly interested in. You know, all the things of making it work, that's God. The Bible tells us very clearly that God is able to do above what we ask or think. It's no problem for God to do the things that he's kingdom needs. But what he needs are people who are driven, driven within by things that really matter, by things that are going to keep them stable, by things that are going to really make it last. That's what he's interested in. Because if he has that from within you, he's going to build the most glorious tower. And in fact, he's, in that, he's doing that now. And he's calling people to be part of that. I wonder if this morning you are part of that building. I wonder if this morning you are part of the tower that God is building. 
I wonder if this morning you want to be part of that tower that God is building or whether you're chasing dreams that at the end of the day are going to come to nothing. God is building a tower and only his tower is going to last forever. His kingdom is going to last forever, not just on this earth, but in the life to come. And what God is calling every single person in this room to is to be serious about coming into the kingdom of God and building the tower that's going to last forever. Sure, you can chase things, you can do things, you can run after things that seem for a, for a, in, a, in a temporary way. It's going to be maybe satisfying or pleasing, but at the end of the day, it has no, nothing about it is going to last so God is calling you to something that really lasts. So when a young person goes overseas and shares the gospel with a young, someone in that country and tells them about Jesus, that work, that work is going to last. When someone steps into a prison or into some other place and sees the hearts of people who are broken and shares with them about Jesus, that work is going to last. When you are working with each other in the church of God or you're sitting amongst each other and you're caring for one another and loving each other, even when things are difficult, that work is going to last. That's the thing that the kingdom of God is about. God is not interested in how much money you're making, but how well you can love each other. God is not interested in how many houses you can have, but the fact that you can build a kingdom that will last forever. That's what he's interested in. And they're the things that really drive us in life. If that's not driving you, Christian, if that's not driving you, you need to seriously reevaluate what it is then. And so Jesus talks about this here, and I love it, because he tells us quite honestly what it is, and he tells us how to to go about doing it. So in Luke chapter 14, he says in verse um, 25, he says, Now great multitudes went with him, And he turned and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and his sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and he's not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Very, very sort of um, serious words that the Lord Jesus Christ is, is talking. And what's particularly fascinating about this passage is he's not talking to a few. He's not saying, hey, you, come here. I want to tell you something really, really serious. This is really important stuff. I want to tell you, I want to make sure you get it because I want you to spread this to everyone else. The Bible tells us just before that passage that there was a great multitude following him. A great number of people who thought to themselves, wow, maybe this man, what he's teaching is fantastic. I love what I'm hearing. You know, such, so full of compassion. He's feeding the hungry. He's multiplying the loaves. Whatever it is that sort of interested them to follow in Jesus or follow his path, there seems to be here in this context a lot of people who had gathered in their hearts this interest to say, hey, I want to go where this man is going. Much like the church today, isn't it? Much like the church, you gather, numbers, multitudes, interested, fascinated, liking what they're hearing, liking what they're seeing. And so Jesus, knowing the heart of people, he wants to, almost like out of compassion, he wants them to understand this 
is not maybe what you're thinking. I want you to understand what you're doing here. I want you to be clear so that when you're clear, you come with all your heart and nothing is going to get in the way of this. So he sees a great multitude. He says, you know what? If you want to follow me, there are going to be people in your life that are going to get in the way. They could be even your close relatives. Hey, they could even be your family. And if you want to follow me, you've got to be prepared to put me before them. Even if they don't like what I do, Lord. Even if they oppose me. Even if they hate me. That's what it's going to cost you. And he says, you know, not just the people, but I want you to consider yourself. There's going to be things about yourself that you're going to love to do, that you're going to want to do, that you're going to be inspired to do, the things that are going to somehow seem really, really good to you, but they're going to get in the way. And you're going to have to put those things aside. You're going to have to put me first if I'm calling you to do something and these things are becoming a distraction for you. You need to put them aside. You can't allow them to get in the way of the kingdom and what I've called you to do. You've got to even, you've got to even hate your own life. Okay. And so he tells us these things because he wants people to understand this is the calling he's called us to. This is something that he wants us to do. That there's nothing on this earth worth to being more serious about than the building of God's kingdom, the building of the great tower. And then he says, you know what? Now consider this. Someone who wants to build a tower. They sit down first and they calculate. Anyone of you that's ever built a house before, you don't just say one day I'm going to build the house and the next day you start building. What you do is you sit down and you consider all the things that are involved, and then eventually, can you afford it? Because at the end of the day, if you stop halfway, people are going to be driving past thinking, oh, this house hasn't been finished. It's been like three years now. What's going on? And all of a sudden, Jesus says, if you stop halfway, people stop and look and they mock you and say, this person began to build and they couldn't finish. So for the sake of his kingdom and even for the sake of ourselves, he says to us, you know what, if you, want to put, if you want to follow me, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you need to be absolutely serious and devoted and committed to what I've called you to do to the point that you cannot love others more than me and you need to also hate yourself if you're going to follow me. Okay, Lord, I'm prepared to do that. If it means following in the footsteps of Jesus and if it means going, uh, building a kingdom or a tower that's going to last forever, then I'm prepared to do that, Lord. I'm prepared to build a tower and I'm prepared to consider the cost. We're not... This is not unusual for us. We're not, uh, it's not, this is not strange for us. Anytime we do anything that's of value, anytime we do anything that's worth that is some kind, somehow serious, do not we take the time to make sure that we do it well? If we've got a job that we've got and we, we know it's of great value, this job that we've got, we know it's, a, a, um, a, it's an important job that we've got, we take the time to do it well. We make sure things don't get in the way. We make sure we learn and grow so we can do this well. If a student is doing exams, if they want to do very well on the exams, they make sure they put the effort in that is required because they are going to give everything they can to this without distraction. We're not, this is not strange for us. If something's valuable, you give everything you can to it and you minimize all the distractions that are going to get in the way, don't you? Yes. This is the kingdom of God. This is something that has eternal value. 
This is something that will last forever. Dare I say, this is concerning your soul. And so we can fill our souls with all kinds of things that aren't going to last. But Jesus is saying, if you're absolutely serious about following me, you need to understand this is the tower that must take your whole focus. In fact, the Bible says in Acts, it says, in Jesus, we live and we move and we have our being. That's a fascinating verse. In Jesus, we live and we move and we have our existence. It's like saying everything about him then begins to consume you because everything about him needs you. So if anything gets in the way, all of a sudden we stop to live and move and in him have our being because there are distractions in our life. It requires absolute devotion. And for those, therefore, who find that hard, what begins to happen, the Bible says, is they begin to develop among themselves tickling ears. It's a very interesting phrase, tickling ears, itching ears. It's an interesting phrase because the phrase is suggesting that people find it hard to hear the call to complete devotion and commitment to him and what they begin to look for without realizing what they begin to look for is words that are more subtly compromising the commitment that Jesus has called them to. And often why people leave churches or leave Christ is not because they don't like what they're necessarily the doctrine or something about Jesus, but the fact that the call to follow him is of a huge cost. And so they go about with tickling ears, waiting and hoping that someone else, some internet preacher, some church, some kind of idea will say to them, oh, you don't have to do it like that. It's okay if you do this. Oh, that's okay if you're doing that. The Bible doesn't say... And they're looking for something and then they gravitate to that because they say, yes, someone gets me, when really they don't. It's just the devil's captured them. So this tickling ear is very, very serious. And Jesus doesn't want to tickle their ears. He says, I can't do this to you. It's not right of me. My love for you is too great than this. I don't want to tickle ears. What I want is to tell you truth. So don't you love it when you hear truth? Don't you love it when someone comes and shares truth with you and all of a sudden you feel this, this kind of piercing in your heart or this cut in your, oh, this is so uncomfortable. It's taking me to waters that are deeper, but you know it's good for you. And so when Jesus was speaking truth one day, you had all these people hanging around Jesus as he was speaking truth and something really, really interesting happened. People started to walk away. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, people walking away, when Jesus is speaking all these truths, and he started to speak about the truth of the blood and the body, and, and the people started to walk away. And then he turns around to his disciples and says, you're going to go with them? And then Simon Peter, knowing, thinking about thinking, thinking to himself, where am I going to go, Lord? You've got the words to eternal life. And Peter understood that if he left this truth, even though it was calling him to complete and utter devotion and commitment to Jesus, that if he left this, he could go nowhere else that would find life. So brothers and sisters, what I'm asking you to do this morning is to consider the cost, because I want you to consider that this is concerning your life. You can't go anywhere. There's nowhere else that gives us eternal life. Jesus said that. Peter declared that. Where am I going to go, Lord? Only you can give me eternal life. So you need to build a tower that's going to last. You need to build a kingdom that's going to last. If you keep chasing things that aren't going to last, it's going to be to your hurt, your pain, and eventually your death. You know, when I was a kid, I loved, loved building 
cards with decks of, you know, uh, houses with decks of cards. I loved it. I'd spend ages, you know, if my parents went out, I'd be there, there playing cards and I'd be building houses sometimes three, four, five levels high. You know, you got so good at it because you spent so much time doing it. But I knew, I knew that although it took for someone to walk past, a bit of wind, I know, it was a bit sad. I knew, but sometimes it got so delicate towards the third and fourth level that you'd have to, <gasps> and you couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe because you didn't, you didn't want any movement in your hands. You know? you didn't mean, but I knew these houses, though, as beautiful as it looked, and people would p- walk past and compliment me on my efforts. I knew that in a breath, <sighs> it was gone. I know there are people, I, 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 I suspect there are people in this room that that's your life. You're building something that it's going to go. And what Jesus wants for us isn't, isn't a house that's just going to go. What he wants isn't a life that's just going to go. He wants us to build something that's going to last. But he wants us to be real about how we do this because when he builds a house, when he builds the house, we never labor in vain. That's why the, the prophet Isaiah says this, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that got no money, come buy and eat. And then he says this, yes, come buy wine and milk. Without money and without price, why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. So he says to the people, he says, listen, why are you spending all your energy and time and money into things that do not build, do not satisfy, do not help? It's like you are eating, but you're still hungry. He has come. Come and buy from me that which does satisfy. Eat what's good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. This morning, Brothers and sisters, friends, this morning, Jesus asks you to consider the cost. And if you want life and life abundantly, if you want life and life eternity, then he asks you to build a tower. But before you build that tower, he wants you to consider the cost. And I want to suggest a few things this morning that help us consider that cost when we build the tower. Okay, I want you to think about some things this morning. That if you want to build the tower this morning and we want to consider that cost, there are some things that you must consider and that must be uh, thought through when we're building that tower. And the first one is this, that a tower must have a strong foundation. Anyone who builds anything, even when I built my little retaining wall in my backyard, I thought to myself, I've got to get that foundation right. So I asked someone to do it for me because I wasn't going to try and do it. You've got to have a right foundation. And Jesus taught, the, about, he taught, Jesus taught about the right foundation. He taught very, very clearly that the right foundation only comes through the listening and obedience of God's word. Because that's the foundation that's going to last. And any attempt of the Christian to try and somehow compromise the word of God only brings cracks in that foundation. And if you're confident to build on a foundation that has cracks, go for it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to build my life on a foundation that has obvious cracks that if I'm going to build one day and the storm comes, that house is coming down. It's a whole waste of time, damage, not only to me, the people around me. If I'm going to build, I'm going to build well. And if I'm going to build well, I'm going to build on a strong foundation that says, hear the word of God, obey the word of God, and there is no compromise. That's the strong foundation. 
I'll be say it's hard. Of course it's hard. That's why we call out to the Lord. That's why we depend on the Lord. Because we know we can't do it in our own strength. We know it's the strength in the Lord. But for me to come into the kingdom of God and to build a tower and say, you know what? It's okay to do this but not do that. I'll do this but maybe not that. I'll do some of this but not all of that. For us, that's not Christianity. That's a whole compromise. And the cracks of compromise is going to break the foundation. It's going to d- destroy the house and destroy the tower as if like you never even started. What's the point? It's pointless. So we get it right from now. If if I'm going to commit to building a tower, then this morning I say to myself, it's a foundation built on the Word of God that listens and obeys and does not compromise the Word of God. So if someone wants to hate me, I love them. If someone wants to slap me, I give them the other cheek. If someone wants to offend me, I forgive them. It's a word of God that comes to me with a foundation that is sure and strong. And he becomes for us our strong tower. Isn't that what the Bible says? That the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run unto him and are glad. We've got to build a strong strong foundation. Another point. When you build a tower, you're you're going to expect that problems will arise. Things you did not anticipate are going to happen. If you've built anything in your life, you would realize nothing usually goes as you plan from start to finish. There's going to be some things that go along the way that are going to be things that you didn't expect, things that you didn't plan for, things that some, you might say, no one told me it's going to be like this. But you know what? It doesn't really matter because your whole thing that's driving you is your love for Jesus and his call for you to build this tower that's going to last forever. So if things don't always go the way you plan them to go, you keep going. You see, the thing that Jesus called us to is a life not to be sitting around thinking, why is this happening? Why is that happening? That shouldn't be happening. It's not fair that's going on because God hasn't called us to a life of complaining. He's called us to a life of living the gospel. And if you're going to stop and start complaining about the things that are going wrong, this person didn't turn up, why did this happen in the building? You're going to, start, you're going to, you're going to stunt your growth. You're not going to allow the word of God to be working in you. And the Bible clearly calls us to live lives without complaining and grumbling. So we've got to get on with it. In fact, the Bible says this. Listen to this. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Is that us Christians? Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Beautiful. So what ends up happening is that God has called us to a place where he says, you know what, when you're building this tower and you're, you're committing yourself with a strong foundation and you want to build a tower that's really good and really strong, he goes, there's going to be things that aren't always going to happen the way you hope they would be. Maybe someone does something or someone acts in certain ways or someone doesn't respond the way you hope them to or receive what you hope them to. Maybe what you put your hopes and dreams in fall apart. I don't know what it is. But the thing is, it isn't always going to be rosy and it isn't always going to be easy and it isn't always going to be the way you hoped it to be. But you need to step up and say, Lord, you're in the control of this building and this tower. I must press on doing what has to be done without compromise and you have called me to do it without complaining. 
So Christians, I don't know about you, but I've learned to live my life in a way that says, you know, complain less and trust more. You know, do what God has called me to. The building of the tower will come at a cost. It'll call me to build a strong foundation. It'll know that I need to keep doing things without complaining. I mean, think of Jesus for a moment. Boy, if he complained about every time everything went wrong for him, I reckon the Gospels would be filled with complaints than other things. I imagine when, you know, he's trying to preach the Gospel and they're pushing him to the edge of the cliff. Imagine when he's preaching the Gospel and the religious leaders are being very opinionated and questioning him all the time. Have you been questioned all the time about things sometimes? Do you get tired of being questioned sometimes? And he's being questioned all the time by people. Imagine when he's actually just, he's just healed a man from, from demon possession and then he has the city come up to him and say, get out of here. But I just healed a man. Imagine when all th- things didn't go maybe to plan as we would see it. But he just trusted his father. He went on doing the work. He went on building the tower. He went on building the kingdom. He went on doing what he was called to do. He had a foundation that was strong. He had a father that was in control. So we build this tower. Consider the cost. Let me give you a third one. When you build, I like this. When you build, these are things I've learned, brothers and sisters, over the years. When you build, you get on with the job where the people whether people get alongside of you or not. You just get on with the job. Whether people get alongside of you or not, you're driven not by other people getting on board. You're driven by the fact that God has called you to this great service. God has called you to build a tower that's going to last forever. God has called you to a purpose that has eternal value. And whether people want to come on board or not, really at the end of the day doesn't interfere with what you have been called to do. And if you look at the disciples and the prophets of the Old Testament and the disciples of the New Testament, you you would see very clearly that they lived by the same passion. They did things because God had called them to it. They went overseas because God called them to it. Whether they had money or no money, they did things because God called them. They loved because God called them to do it. Whether others were on board and saw it the way they saw it, it wasn't really their concern. It was driven by this thing internally, their love for God, his love for them, and for a a building that was going to last forever. And if you ever get sidetracked or distracted because people aren't necessarily seeing it the way you're seeing it or coming on board with you, in other words, the fear of man or, or the approval of man, you're going to lose complete focus and this whole tower isn't going to be what God wants it to be. You are called and driven because of your love and your faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're the only Christian in your family and no one gets you, keep moving. If you're the only Christian in your workplace, keep moving. If you're the only Christian in your uh, school, keep going. Because why are you the only person? Why has God placed you there? Why has God called you into that place? Because God has called you whether people come along or not. And your light, your light must shine despite whether people like it, don't like it. Jesus was driven in this way. His disciples were driven in this way. And we are to be driven in this way because it is without compromise. I don't say I'm a Christian because my mates are Christians. Surely not. I don't say I'm a Christian because my friends are Christian, because I've got good Christian friends. I don't say that at all. God forbid that we would ever say something like that. 
I'm a Christian because I go to a good church or I'm a Christian because I've got good people around me, good people around me. I'm a Christian because I understand that Jesus Christ loved me and forgave my sins. He brought me into the kingdom of God and now my life is his. Consider the cost. And so the Bible is brilliant in reminding us of these things. It tells us that we are to be servants of the Most High God. In fact, it says this, It says we are to consider ourselves, get this, unprofitable servants. What does that even mean? Unprofitable servants. You don't go around applauding yourself. You don't go around hoping that people would see what you're doing. You don't go around thinking, this is great. I'm going to be so liked and so wanted because I'm so good at what I do as a Christian. He goes, we're unprofitable servants. We're only doing that which is our duty to do in the Gospel of Luke. It's like me doing a great work for God and me coming back and saying to you, guess what happened last weekend? I went into the city, this, this happened, this, this happened, and you all just sit there like this. It doesn't matter. Now, for sure, the, the body of Christ doesn't do that. For sure, the body of Christ rejoices with you. Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't matter because I'm driven whether people come on board or not. The things that God has called me to isn't because people like what I do. It's because God has called me to it. You get that? That becomes my strength. That becomes my strength. So Jesus asking us to consider the cost asks us to follow him, follow him. And when others get in the way, we are called to keep following and have them get out of the way. Next one. When you build a tower... You know you need to endure, endure the storms. My Christian life, I know that when I'm building something, when I'm building this tower, every now and again a storm comes. You know when someone builds a house and they get a storm or rain and they have to pause their building for a time because they've got to wait for the rain to pass or something. Uh, In our Christian lives, every now and again a storm will come. Now, I don't know about your Christian life, but I know that sometimes these storms uh, can be maybe a light rain. So not a storm, like you might get a bit of light rain. Sometimes they can be a bit of a heavy rain, and sometimes they can feel like a really, really big storm. But we know in our Christian lives that when we're building something for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that storm comes, that storm doesn't come in vain. We know in the Christian life that that storm has come for a purpose, and that storm has called us not to stop building but to endure through it because that storm is going to pass and the Lord who is our strength is going to sustain us and in that time we are still called to not compromise the word of God and to be faithful to the call of God and not allow others to get in the way of the things of God because when the storm hits and it really hurts it's that foundation that's going to keep you strong that storm was going to come and one day it will come. But God has called us to endure this. Because I don't know if your experience is different to me. I know that storm does pass. And you might be in a storm now. And you might be thinking to yourself, really? I'm trying to build this tower and all I can get is obstacles. I try and build this tower and all I can get is trials. I'm trying to build this tower. I'm trying to get serious with God and all I get is opposition all the time. It just doesn't seem to end. Pain, things I didn't expect, things I didn't want. 
But again, I'm just telling you, just, just through what the Word of God says and through experience, the storm passes. But in that time, it's called your call to endure and keep doing what faithful disciples do and to keep building the, the kingdom of God, to keep being faithful to the Word of God. And if faithful just means sometimes not being able to do as much as you were able to do before, but just being honest and faithful to God's Word and all it feels like you're doing is just holding on, then you hold on because that storm will pass. And when that storm passes, you'll... Your strength, you'll be strengthened as we sung today. You'll be strengthened in things of the Lord and you'll be even a more effective worker for the kingdom of God. This is the promise of God. So we're building a kingdom. We're building a tower with a strong foundation. We're building a tower that doesn't need others to get on board. We're building a tower that doesn't have any distractions. We're building a tower even when we endure those, endure those storms. And finally, when we build a tower, we always keep the vision in mind and how glorious this tower is going to look and how long it's going to last for, don't you? We're not building in vain, brothers and sisters. We're building for eternity. All these experiences, all these, these, this calling, all the, the cost involved, everything, the, the, the endurance we have to do, the storms we have to persevere through, all these things that require effort and cost on our behalf, we don't do it in vain. We do it because we're building a tower that's going to be glorious and going to last forever when we hear the words of Jesus that says, well done, good and faithful servants. That's worth fighting for. That's worth living for. And even though people, don't, people may not want to join, our heart's desire is that people come on board and join the building of this tower. That's our heart's desire. In fact, the Bible says when we help people come on board, we, the people of God, one day will shine as the stars of heaven because we have been part of this glorious work helping people come and build the same tower that they will experience eternal life with you. How faithful is God to bless his people when you help others come to see the glory of this tower that's being built. I would say that we're under the great master builder, the great carpenter himself, the Lord Jesus, who's doing his work, building his kingdom and calling us to be fellow laborers with him. What are you building, brothers and sisters? You're building your most. Uh, the, you're building your faith on on Christ. You're helping to build the faith of other people. You're building with the strength of the Lord. Are you building with your own strength? You're building a tower that's going to last forever. Or you're building a tower that is going to diminish, die ruin in time are you an observer of the people building or are you active in the building itself do you love the benefits of being a part of a church community or are you being one who is serious about building that tower yourself are you daily considering that building the tower isn't a Sunday isn't your presence on a Sunday you're building a tower it's a, every day. It's an everyday work that you're doing to build a foundation, to be faithful in the kingdom, in the sharing of the gospel, in the work of the church, in the work of each other, the love for one another. All these things, that, everything the scripture teaches us to build a tower that's going to last forever. You know, the Bible says this, it's better a day in the Lord than a thousand anywhere else. 
a day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand in your house. Why does the Bible even say that? Because to be in the presence of the Lord, to build the tower of the Lord, to be in the kingdom of God, that even a day of that, taste that for a day, taste doing that for a day, taste considering the cost for a day, it's better than a thousand anywhere else. And that's what Jesus has called us to. So faithful he is, faithful he declares it. Come, he says, come and follow me. But before you do, I want you to consider the cost. And if this morning, if this morning, your heart sort of thinks to itself, yeah, I want to do this. Then I want you to consider the cost. If your heart for a while has said, I've been doing this, but I haven't considered that I want you to start doing this. Or the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to start doing this. God has called us to a life that is without compromise, that will build a tower, that will last forever. You need to consider that cost. Let me pray for us. Loving Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for, um, for calling us out of a world that um, is chasing things that are just going nowhere. Lord, I know I was, I was part of that race. I know, Lord God, there are people in this church who were part of that race. But now you've brought us to a place, Lord God, that is um, to a place that will last forever, to a kingdom that will last forever. So, Father, I pray that every one of us would always consider that cost. But always, Father, come to the place where it's not about us, it's about you. That we come to the end of ourselves and we allow you to live and reign and have your way in us. And Father, we pray that if there be any compromise in our lives, that you would continue to expose these problems, these cracks, and that you would bring us to a place of absolute surrender to you. Father, bless the week ahead as we, as we put our trust in you. For those who are going through the storms, we pray that you would strengthen them as they endure. For those who are struggling with those around them, that you would give them faith and wisdom to work through this. For those, Lord God, who are struggling just with the, the word and what you ask us to do, that you would give them confidence and faith they would see the fruit of your holiness and righteousness in their life. A tower that is glorious and will last forever. We thank you and pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.